Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Providence Money Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Isaac, Associate Advisor at Providence. Today's episode is about the differences between planning for an accumulator as compared to a pre-retiree. So joining me today is Elvin, who is a client advisor here at Providence. Hi Elvin. Hey, hi Isaac. Yeah, thanks for your time today. So before we begin, could you give our listeners a brief introduction of yourself? Okay, so I have been in the advisory space for more than seven years. So I had the privilege of working with many families of different backgrounds. Mm. Uh, so why I got into the industry in the first place was because I witnessed how close family members of mine, uh, they, got, they were given poor advice, they were being so products, they were not really suitable for their situation. And I, I, was, I felt a bit frustrated with the situation. And I thought there must be a place whereby better advice will be given. And so that's why I, I think I found a place where proper advice are being given to, to our clients. Yeah, so you wanted to join the industry so you can get your license and you know when you give advice to your family or friends who you feel that you know might have been missold certain products, mm. you give you a bit more legitimacy like, since you're actually in the industry. Yep, exactly. Okay, thanks for sharing, Elvin. So today's topic is a really interesting one because uh, many people are not familiar with how planning is done you know, for these two different groups of people. Right. So there are certain similarities between the two. Like, for example, um, in terms of the instruments that they typically use. Um, however, there are really some notable differences as well. Mm. So let's start with, in terms of how live conversations usually go, mm. what are the differences that you notice between the two groups? So for accumulators, uh, there are basically people like yourself and myself, whereby we are still at the earlier mid-career, mid of our career, still working, saving up for our retirement. Okay, so typically, people in this life stage, they have a lot more commitments. So, for example, they have to pay for their loan for their property, they have to pay for expenses for their kids, and we know like how tuition can be so expensive nowadays. Yeah? Mm. And they also have to take care of their aging parents as well. So they might have a bit more medical commitments that they have to pay for and that kind of thing. Yeah, so for accumulators, that's, they have a lot of commitments and hence they have a lot more liability as well. And typically because of that, they tend to need a bit more insurance compared to those that are nearing retirement. Alright, so secondly, accumulators, okay, so especially those that are in the mid of their career, they have tried out okay, this same career for a few years mm. and they just really don't enjoy doing what they do. And they find it very stressful to be in their current job role. And they want to consider things like, example, can I do a mid-career switch? If I do a mid-career sh- switch, can I still afford to pay for all the different commitments I have, my kids' education, uh, my, my loan? Can I still afford that? Mm. Uh, so that are some of the conversations we will have with our clients. Uh, and I, I, I would say that a lot of time, I think where we come in is to provide our, our clients with that clarity, that assurance that whether do they have enough to be able to do this kind of thing, to address the more deeper underlying uh, life life challenges. Yeah, so it will be about how happy they are in their work as well. So that's really important. Yeah, that is yeah, that is true. For accumulators, um, they tend to have higher ambiguity about their future. Yeah. Um, like you mentioned, they might uh, do a mid-career switch mm. or some might even consider a sabbatical, you know, mm. in, in those uh, very high-stress um, kind of job roles like in the lawyers, for example. Mm. So, wouldn't that make planning really difficult since, you know, we, we, we don't know all, you know, what they are going to earn even within the next three years, for example. Mm. Yep. 
uh, of course there will be some ambiguity there uh, and because of that ambiguity we don't know how much their future income might be it'll be harder to to plug in the numbers to do the planning uh, so we we want to have a bit more deeper conversations with our clients. We want to explore different type of possibilities. So number one example, if let's say uh, spouse A uh, or maybe let's say the husband uh, wants to take a break from from his job, then then if let's say we just depend on uh, the wife's income, is it enough or is it sufficient to to pay for the different expenses or commitments that the family might have? So if the wife's income is able to then actually the stress will be much lesser. Yeah. So it's through these conversations that actually all these kind of things comes up. Mm. Um, you know, if let's say we just go straight into number crunching, mm. you know, and 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 we don't have this a discussion of whether the 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 client is happy in his role. Yeah. Then you might you might feel that oh you have to redo the plan again in two years when he when he when he mm. does a mid career switch and all that. So that's why uh, live conversations are, are really important for this group of people. Yeah, definitely. I think for most of the time when we do planning, uh, it's not just the numbers they want to look at. I mean, these are real, real people's life. Uh, and, and there's a deeper aspect about that that we want to have a conversation with our clients. And the numbers, whatever financial decision we make is to support these life decisions. So how does it differ for pre-retirees then? How do life conversations usually go for this group of people? Mm. So for pre-retirees, uh, because they are so used to a certain rhythm about you know working nine to six for example like you go to wake up go to work you have friends colleagues that you go to lunch with have, have conversations with so it's actually quite different now that uh, they are entering retirement now they have this like 12 hours 18 hours every day that free time they can choose to do what they want to do um, okay so it's about finding things that are meaningful to them Okay, so so yes, you, maybe you can uh, at the start of your retirement go traveling a lot, but there's only so so much traveling you can do. So eventually, there needs to be activities that are meaningful to them that helps them to find meaning, find purpose, while still being sustainable for them to do during their retirement. Right, yeah, that so reminds me of um how we define good life here, Robida. I mean, uh, being with the people you love. <laughs> in a place where you belong, doing mm. the right work on purpose. Yeah, definitely. So Alvin, so for pre-retirees, how do live conversations usually go? Okay, so a lot of time uh, for conversations with pre-retirees, we talk about uh, things that actually they find meaningful during their retirement because they have been so used to a certain lifestyle when they were working. Now they have so much time to themselves, so they just want to find activities that, that brings them meaning, something that is sustainable for them to do during their retirement as well. So that's what we'll talk about. Secondly, we talk about things like, example, end-of-life planning. Okay, so it's quite a, a morbid, quite uncomfortable topic to discuss about, but it's definitely something that's important to talk about. So, example, like, if we, if this person were to pass away, how would he or she like to distribute the assets to? So, okay, so this is important because if it is not drawn up, it can tend to leave a lot of complications for those loved ones that are, that are left behind. Yeah, and we have probably heard of stories about how people, uh, they might have arguments, uh, quarrels about how the, the assets can are distributed if it is not uh, written out clearly in a will. Yeah, so that's something that is important to talk about. And the third thing that some people, they are nearing retirement, they tend to overlook, could also be that uh, because they are no longer earning an income, so it might be difficult for them to, to take a loan at the point of time. So mm -hmm. let's say they want to change to a bigger property, they want to buy a car, for example, it might be difficult for them to take up a loan. So that's something that we might want to discuss with uh, pre-retiree as well. Yep. 
That is a great point that you raised up. I mean, uh, for accumulators or if you are, you know, quite a long way from retirement, every time you make any big ticket item, you can always bank on having um, a loan facility available for you. But this may not be the case for uh, pre-retirees or retirees. Mm. Yep, that's right. Okay, so let's move on to investment strategies or rather more specifically the differences between the investment strategies of an accumulator and a pre-retiree. So what is the main difference between the two? Mm. Okay, so for accumulators, they do have a lot more time compared to pre-retiree, right? So typically for accumulators, they are between 30 to 50. We are talking about runway of maybe like 15, 20 over years. So they can, for those uh, that are more risk taker, they can invest basically 100% of their money, for example, into a 100% equity portfolio. And it doesn't matter to as much to them because even after that 20 years in between, there might be a lot up and down, but this accumulator will be able to still get that long-term return of investing into the, the market. Okay, so but a pre-retiree is very different. So why is it different? Is because for pre-retiree, they kind of need the money at this point of time. And let's say if at the point of retirement, they need this money for their retirement and market were to drop, they will be able, they will have to sell off their investment at a loss and they're still drawing down on this capital of what they have invested. So it becomes like a double whammy to them. They end up in a, in a poorer state of where they were. Yeah. Right, so when the market is down, um, for accumulators, they can, you know, mm. just, I mean, they, are, they can stay invested, you know, they, they still have an income, uh, they can top up. Whereas mm. for a pre-retiree or a retiree, you know, they have to draw down soon or mm. if not, uh, they are already drawing down already on their investment. And if, let's say, they are faced with uh, multiple years of um, bad markets, you know, mm. um, they would have to sell at the low. So in terms of controlling the volatility is more important. Mm. Yep. So for pre-retiree, it's important that uh, this volatility is managed well. Mm. So how do you manage this volatility at Provident? So we actually adopt this, this um, drawdown methodology called the marketing system. Okay, so let's say we worked out that, okay, so this person has $2 million at retirement at 60 years old. So upon retirement, this person does not need this full $2 million. Okay, so this is it, not, it might not be wise to put this $2 million, everything into cash or this $2 million, put everything into the stock market, for example. So what we want to do is kind of systematically divide this $2 million into different buckets. Okay, so for the first bucket, it's basically money that this person might need over the, ne- the first five to maybe 10 years of his retirement. Okay, so because these are money that he need for his retirement uh, immediately, so you want to put this money into something that are safer. So this could be your instruments like your fixed deposit, your, your Singapore savings bond, your T-bills, for example. Okay, so then we move on to the, the second and the subsequent buckets. Okay, so because the second and subsequent buckets are later on down the road, whereby then you will need the money at that point of time. All right, so because now there is more time to invest, so this client have the capacity to take on more risk, so potentially to be able to get higher returns. Right, so to summarize, um, for pre-retirees or retirees, uh, we use a marketing strategy where for the first five years, um, it's held in cash or near cash instruments like your fixed deposits, your T-bills, um, and you know the further away the buckets are, let's say, um, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, um, since we already segregated out this way, mm. the later buckets, we can go for higher risk instruments, mm. whereas for um, the nearer term buckets, it will be into more bond heavy portfolios. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Okay, so Alvin, any final thoughts regarding uh, the differences between planning for an accumulator 
uh, as compared to a pre-retiree? Um, okay, so you realize that we have spoken about the differences in planning between the accumulators and the pre-retirees, but there are also a lot of similarities between these two groups. So basically investing into low-cost instruments, uh, instruments that are evidence-based, that have proven to be able to give you a high reliability in giving the returns you need to achieve your goals. Managing your cash flow well is just simple things, for example, like spending below your means and saving up for the different goals in the future as well. Okay, so along the way, let's say you find it, okay, so a lot of hassle to kind of manage all this on your own. You can always feel free to speak with an advisor at Provident. We have over two decades of experience working with families, uh, even families that, that have been accumulators that become retiree and even retired now already. So we do have a, lo- a lot of experience working with these families. So let's say if you do have any questions or you feel that uh, it's a lot of hassle to manage all this uh, planning on your own, please feel free to reach out to an advisor at Provident and we are most happy to speak with you and to help you out. Okay, thanks Elvin for that uh, great summary and thank you for your time today. Okay, thank you Isaac. Yeah, so to all our listeners, um, that's all for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our episode on planning for an accumulator uh, as compared to a pre-retiree. If you like this episode, follow our podcast and follow us on social media for similar contents. As always, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any of use of the information broadcasted, broadcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.